You are listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast for early March 2016. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare. Oh, I, I, I somehow feel that's going to be a cop-out of some sort, but uh, Let's see. I'm Jason McMaster, and uh, my game of the week is not uh, Icewind Dale. Speaking of cop-out, <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> that's a total cop-out. So first I want to end on a – or begin, I'm sorry, not end, just a little premature for that. I want to begin on a – Fairly serious note, I know that this has been on a lot of people's minds, and I'm sorry to bring it up, but we, we definitely should acknowledge it on the podcast. It's been about a month or so, you know, this was January that it happened, um, and it might be too soon for some of you, but I definitely feel it's important that we talk about the fact that Kara broke up, uh, the, the Korean the mm-hmm. K-pop band. It is tough. It's really tough, and it, it, this is a good time to talk about that, and you know, it's important that you talk about these things and not just keep them bottled up. Because we're going to be discussing in a minute, McMaster, a, a Korean, a South Korean MMO that, that I've been playing, uh, that I tried to get you to play, and I'll have an update on whether or not that should go forward in a moment. <laughs> but because we're going to talk about that, I just feel that now is the time to set, you know, to just acknowledge <laughs> and to grieve, basically, over the fact that they did break up over contract negotiations back in uh, uh, January of this month. I would also like to point out that I'm glad you, I'm glad you differentiated which Korea was making MMOs. <laughs> we don't know what's going on in North Korea. <laughs> there might be some sort of like uh, I, I don't know what they would have, like a rice harvesting MMO over <laughs> in North Korea because that's like or precious not- to them. Like precious as gold is a uh, you know. Oh oh yes yeah well they don't have a lot of food most of the time. Yeah yeah so you would gather food instead of gold and uh, there, maybe there's like a little uh, nuclear research mini game in the North oh, yeah. Korean thing yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, every character by the way there's only one class in the in the game and the class is Kim Il Jung wait. Who's the current no. leader? Like, one of them died, uh, and his son... Uh, okay, it's Kim Jong-un. Yeah, that's the only class you can play in the North Korean MMO. Everybody plays as that class. Uh, and you destroy um, capitalism. Yeah, and you start out fully leveled up, by the way. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so that's why it's important that I did specify South Korean. I understand, McMaster, that might be confusing to some people, but I just yes. wanted to make clear. I'm not playing any North Korean MMOs. Yeah, no, no. So McMaster, because of uh, you know Kara recently breaking up, uh, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Kara, Kara, how do you say their name, McMaster? I would say Kara. Okay, Kara. Uh, McMaster, in their honor, I'm going to give you a quiz. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm going to I'm going to name six album titles. One of them is not a Kara album. Okay. You have to tell me which one, and this should be easy because I'm, you should obviously know this stuff. Uh, obviously, all right. All right, here we go, McMaster. Which one of these is not an album by Kara? And by the way, I'm kind of a Johnny Come Lately to Kara. I only know about them because of a game called DJ Technica Tune Max Vita or something. It's it's one of those like rhythm games on the Vita where you tap on the screen, uh, and there's a lot of Kara songs in there. Um, and I recently uh, – here's a hot tip for, for listeners who maybe play that game. If you go to YouTube and you Google their videos, you can enjoy the video without a bunch of lines and dots on the screen that you're supposed to be tapping because those things always get in the way. It's playing on the Vita. It's playing the video in the background, 
But there's all these lines and stuff that you're supposed to tap and drag and stuff like that. It makes it really hard to see, you know, like Hara and Sing Young and Gyuri, Ji Young, all of them. It makes it hard to see the girls because those lines are in the way. So just go to YouTube, watch the videos there, right, McMaster? Right. Well, I, I mean, obviously, that's you, what I would suggest. You probably knew that before. All right. All right. Yeah. Now, I'm not a jackass. Well, since you're not a jackass, Mr. Smarty Pants, which one of these is not a feature-length album by the now-disbanded South Korean K-pop that, – that, by the way, is redundant, South Korean K-pop uh, – K-pop yes. band Kara. Here we go, McMaster. I'm going to give you six titles. Okay. Girls Forever, Pretty Girl, Fantastic Girls – Lost my movies all that. Girls Forever, Pretty Girl, Fantastic Girls. Okay. Girls Talk, Girls Story, or Supergirl? Which one of those is not a feature length album? Fantastic Girls? Jesus, Master. Seriously? That's is even one of the more recent ones. I don't know what you're Supergirl or something? <laughs> no. McMaster, obviously, Pretty Girl. Now, it's kind of a trick question. Pretty Girl is an EP. And not oh, a full-length album. See, that's why, yeah, like, you just completely threw me there. Right. But those are all uh, albums that they uh, released. Actually, interestingly enough, those are all the names of their Japanese releases. Their, their South uh, Korean releases don't have nearly the thematic unity in the album names. Um, all right, McMaster, I'm sorry to say you failed this week's quiz. Jesus. It's a hard world. And maybe that's because you haven't been playing a Korean MMO, South Korean MMO. True, right. No, I, I haven't. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah. Why haven't you? Uh, well, I've been playing other stuff, uh, but I also just, uh, I don't know. Well, McMaster, I'm here to then inform you about what you've been missing. Okay, good. So we, we both, by the way, have, uh, so this game called Black Desert Online at the time we're recording, it hasn't officially launched yet, but I think if you pre-ordered or something, you could start playing. It's like the Advance Weekend thing, right? Right, right, yeah. Uh, it's published by – I'm not sure how you would say this, McMaster. I'm going to spell it for you because you, you – since you know how to pronounce Kara, how do you pronounce D-A-U-M games? Um, Daum? Yeah, I, 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 I read know. that, and I think it's like, Damn! Oh, hell yes. Like, yeah, so D-A-U-M. Damn, games. Uh, the first thing you'll notice, by the way, when you download and install and then do your account and log into Black Desert Online, there's no Black Deserts that I have seen so far. No, I think that's yeah a bit misleading. Uh, they're, they're all just kind of regular deserts. They're not even deserts, McMaster. It's just forests. I have not seen hide nor hair of a desert yet. I'm just in a regular old forest. And you know what? Furthermore, these forests, like you go into uh, – there, there's a lot of like crafting and gathering and stuff. And when you go to, to gather a tree – I guess it's called chop down. Uh, when you go to chop down a tree, it tells you what kind of tree it is. So there's like birch, maple, ash. These are things you don't find in a desert, McMaster, black or otherwise. These are not things you'd normally find in a desert. Maybe a desert is endgame stuff. Uh, but if you're if you're expecting to find a black desert when you log into Black Desert Online, I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint you. It's not going to be there at least for a while, if at all. Um, oh my God! Another thing you won't find in Black Desert Online, and boy do I love this. There's no fast travel, McMaster. So, no. 
Nope. If that's, I, that's kind of awesome, actually. It is. If I'm like in the main city, which is called, uh, I don't remember, it's, it's got a name. If I'm there, and then I go somewhere else to one of the small towns, like say, I don't remember its name, but let's say I go to a small town that's not in the main city, that's a long way away. If I want to go back to the main city, like to check the auction house or something, I have to walk there. Wow. Yeah, I can't just teleport. Um, now there does, there is this cool feature, my master. Uh, you can set a destination and then hit a key. It's T by default or click a button. Mm-hmm. And your character will just automatically walk where you want him or her to go. So I'm like watching Netflix in a window while my character is just like hoofing it across the landscape to get back to the capital. You know, you can do that. You can multitask much more easily when your character automatically walks somewhere. So, I mean, do you have to worry about danger? No, no, because she sticks to the roads. Oh, okay. I think. And actually, even if you, even if you don't stick to the roads, so far I haven't seen anything – like normally you play an MMO and you're in the first area where you're killing like the you know the level one rats or whatnot, and they have no aggro. So that you can just wade in and you kill one and maybe it attacks you back, but you don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, I've drawn the aggro of, of seven level one rats, I'm dead. You just right. – you fight them one at a time, and then later on it introduces aggro. You go out into a field and maybe you're fighting – you know, a level three uh, sheep or something, and the other sheeps will aggro if you're near them. So far, and I'm level 14, I don't know if that's high or not, I've found nothing really that goes aggro on me. I can just waltz through packs of imps, and they just kind of hang out. I can start fighting one of them, and the other ones just continue on about their business. Uh, So if even if I were to cross country, I don't think it would be that dangerous. That's interesting. So, McMaster, guess what class I'm playing? I, I can't even begin, uh, you know, because I, there's a lot of stuff going on in that game. There's a lot of stuff going on in that game. Yeah, like a lot of – I think this is uh, part of how Korean and Asian MMOs in general work. There are about like 30 different tracks of leveling. Like you have your main level. Oh, yeah. You have your leveling and gathering. You have your like your knowledge level. You have your affinity with each individual NPC. Like, and they're all separate, by the way. If you play something like Guild Wars, when you craft an iron ingot, you earn experience towards your level. You know, you could level up just sitting there crafting iron ingots. Uh, in Black Desert Online, and I presume other Asian MMOs, if I craft an iron ingot, my ingoting skill goes up, and nothing else. You know, I, I can be level one and have a, a level 50 ingot skill, for instance, because they're completely separate tracks. Um, so this is something I realized as I was embarking on my career, McMaster, as a trader. Not traitor, like I wasn't betraying anyone. A trader. I was trading goods. Uh, I so, was thinking about doing that as well when I've been looking through this stuff, like trying to do like a – becoming like a guy who kind of just – you know, a merchant, basically. Yeah, yeah, just sit back and make money. Who doesn't right. want to do that in, a, in an MMO, in, in life, or in a game? Sure. Right. Uh, and, and that's definitely part of what you can do in Black Desert Online, and it's sort of what I thought. Hey, I'm going to try this approach. Uh, although there's no trader or merchant class, you have to pick something like, you know, wizard or rogue, or, you know, you got to pick something like that for starters. And then, as, like, moonlighting, you can then be a trader. Um, so my initial pick, McMaster, is a Valkyrie. Uh I had a hard time getting her to look like Sarah Palin, but I tried. 
I knew it. Was, I knew it. I, I mean, there's no no doubt in my mind that was coming. Well, it doesn't look like Asian MMOs. That's really a priority for them to let you play a Sarah Palin alike. <sighs> well, Maybe. they don't. They don't know Tom Chick. I, I guess not. And it might just be a Western thing, McMaster. Uh, yeah. So I tried. She doesn't look as much like Sarah Palin as I'd like. I got it pretty close. The funny thing, McMaster, is uh, she's a Valkyrie and she's like a badass fighting chick. Whenever she fights, the sound effect is all of this like high pitched Asian woman like hiya uh, stuff. It's like it's like I'm playing Chun Li or something. Uh, it's it's a little it's it's not what uh, I would expect. The combat actually is very. It's not your typical like just hit a hot bar, wait for it to refresh. It's more like Diablo. You're just going through killing everything. There's no pushback, uh, and it's partly because things don't really aggro. I can just like kill a bunch of imps. The other ones stand around until I get to them. Um, right. So uh, I say that, though, the the combat is trivially easy until it's not, at, at which point I was just sort of playing. I was trading. I was just running through killing whatever stuff whenever I felt like it. I run into things that Khan read, and that's MMO speak for what color the name of it is. Yeah. If it's green, it's easy to kill. If it's gray, it's too trivial. You get no XP. If it's red, it's going to be difficult. I'm seeing some red things. I'm approaching them with trepidation and a couple of swings, and they're dead. And I'm like, wait, what, what kind of con system is this? So I later run into another red thing, and I'm like, I'm going to fight this guy. He's, he's another like, goblin or whatever. I'm going to fight this guy. He's red, whatever. I've had no problem with red guys. I'm fighting him. His hit points didn't budge an inch, and suddenly I'm dead. And I'm like, well, I must have done that wrong. <laughs> I'm going to res and then go back and fight him. I res, I go back and fight him. Again, his hit points don't budge an inch. I have no idea what was going on. The combat was trivially easy for me until I met this guy. Uh, so that's where I decided maybe I should stick to being a trader. Um, so here's been my career as a trader, McMaster. So if you want to play an MMO that has a lot of options for just economic advancement and crafting and stuff, this sort of MMO is great. Black Desert Online... You can do there's there's separate skills for crafting, for farming, for trading, for lumbering. I think it's even a thing, lumbering. Uh, farming, McMaster. You can buy seeds and farm them. Uh, I want you to get the lumbering skill because I think that would be the best. I've got lumbering skill. I've, I've definitely. And it's not lumber like lumber like a. No, like no, a, no. I think it is. I've seen you. No, it's not like an ogre. Like an ogre lumbers. <laughs> it's like a it's like a, a lumberjack. It's like a woodsman. You know. Right. Sure. And by the way, uh, I love – I've been playing lately a couple of other games in which you gather wood. Uh, in Rise of the Tomb Raider and Far Cry Primal, wood is a resource there. And in those games, the way you harvest, quote-unquote, wood is you walk up to a tree and with your bare hands, you snap apart pieces of it. You, like, break it off like it's like a uh, like a pretzel or something. <laughs> you just rip it to shreds with your hands. Jesus. And then it disappears in your inventory. Uh I don't know who thought that was a good idea to animate lumberjacking that way. <laughs> but in uh, in Black Desert Online, nope, you whip out your axe and you hack away. It takes – that's another thing is gathering. An, uh, an Asian MMO doesn't mind making you wait while you gather. I go to lumber a uh, maple tree, and there's literally a bar that takes – I think it's something like 16 seconds for me – that fills up for 16 seconds. And I'm just sort of waiting there watching the – chopping animation for 16 seconds and then I get a log which is great um, <laughs> so McMaster here's what I've been doing uh, instead I decided okay I'm not going to be a lumberjack I've got I've got skill points in lumberjacking uh, but I decided okay I'm going to be a trader 
because there you're not going to fight red things that suddenly don't die for no reason. There you unlock, and this is kind of cool, there's a, a big strategic level to the game where you discover little cities and towns, you talk to the people, you visit sites that are specific to it, and you get knowledge about an area, uh, and knowledge is another track of advancement. You have conversations with people, and there's a little mini-game where you try to guess who and what they want to talk about. You fill these little slots, and then you press talk, and it, it progresses through the slots and shows you how happy each slot the person is. And if you improve your affinity, maybe that person will give you quests. Uh, hmm. it, that person will let you sometimes rent their equipment. Like if somebody has an awesome pair of shoes, if you get your affinity high enough with this guy, you can use his shoes. He'll give them to you. Now, what limits how many people's shoes you can get is something called, I think it's like contribution, and this is another resource. You have a limited pool of contribution points, and if I rent the, the dude's shoes of double movement, that's going to take up some of my contribution points. As long as I've got those shoes, I'm investing like, I think the, the shoes are like four contribution points. Four of my contribution points are tied up there. If later on I decide I want to use this somewhere else, I just give the dude his shoes back, I get my points back. So one of the things you can do with your contribution points is control trade nodes on the map. So mm -hmm. I've put all my contribution points in controlling cities and farms. I'm looking for a mine. I'm trying to get a mine going. Uh, and, and, and the more contribution points I have, the more I can invest and, and, and connect these nodes and get these resource chains going. Uh, and then exchange goods among them. Um, so I had this going, and one of the things you have to do, by the way, to establish a trade node, is you have to physically carry a bunch of trade goods. Now, when you when you gather herbs or the logs or whatnot, that just goes in your backpack, whatever. There is actually a, an encumbrance limit. If it fills up too hard, too high, you slow down. It's pretty much like fallout or something. Um, if I want to trade like wine or ore or something to a nearby town, I have to take a big old backpack, and the, the character animation is your character with this backpack, and you're literally doubled over under the weight of it, and you're super slow. And I have to walk this backpack full of you know Valerian wine or whatever over to the next town. Now I can just again just hit it to to manually you know she goes along the road and I'm watching something on Netflix in a window. Right. She eventually gets there, uh, but once you get there, then you sell it and you've unlocked this little trade route. Uh, if you unlock enough trade routes, and I'm at this point, McMaster, you get a wagon. So now I can put a bunch of stuff in a wagon. I can drive the wagon and then trade stuff there. Uh, so that's what I've been doing. I've leveled up my trade skill. I made buku money. I made something, McMaster, like 33,000 desert bucks or uh, you know, maybe they're wands is a Korean game. I don't know what they're called. Dollars. I don't know. I made 33,000 of them, McMaster. Guess what I spent them on? Um, porno mags? No, McMaster, how dare you? This is a Korean <laughs> game. There's no porno in Korea. Oh, my bad. Or Japan. Oh, oh I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, no, instead, so if I have a, a, I have a corn farm and a potato farm, McMaster, if I want them to produce corn and potatoes, I need to hire workers. So... <laughs> You go to what looks suspiciously like a slave auction. Oh, where, God. Where I know. There's a guy standing there, and he's a merchant. And then on a platform behind him, uh, the guy I saw, they were just imps. So I guess it's okay. Imp slavery, I'm okay with. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and and you, you hire from him workers. Uh, 
which is basically just an item you get in your inventory. It's called like a worker's contract. And you right-click it, and now in your list of workers that you can assign to different places, you've got a specific worker. So you get a free worker by way of the tutorial when the game is just explaining, hey, here's how trade and production works. Have a free worker. I put that guy to work in my potato farm. He's uh, It's an imp. He's cranking out potatoes. I decided, okay, I've got this corn farm. I want to start making corn. I'm going to need to hire a corn worker, a worker, and then put him to work in the cornfield. So I go to buy one. I make all my money. I make 33,000 desert bucks. The cheapest worker, 30,000 desert bucks. Mm. All of that work, and I have to turn around, blow it all on someone to work in a cornfield. And, and, and the biggest heartbreak, McMaster, in this game – I hire this super expensive worker. He's actually not even that good of a worker. He's still a basic one. I can only imagine how much the good ones cost. I am not allowed to name this worker Jason McMaster. I cannot change his name (laughs) to Jason McMaster. Uh, That's good. I'm glad. It's terrible. Excuse me. I took a sip of water. That was a terrible – yeah, so huge oversight. Maybe they'll patch that in. Um so, McMaster, uh, <clears throat> if you play the game, I just need you to go work my, my corn farm, okay? <laughs> Can you? Because I've already paid enough for a worker that I couldn't name you. I just need you to roll up a character, go over there, and just harvest corn for me. Can you Can you do that for me? Oh, yeah. No, no problem. Uh, uh, now, Is your character named Maggie? Uh, what is my because oh a, Maggie's farm? I like that. That would be McMaster. such a great uh, opportunity. <laughs> I so like that. So unfortunately, you have to give your your uh, when you make an account, you have to give your uh, I guess it's an account wide thing. You have to choose a family name, and I'm like, what? Wait, what does this mean? Is this just my account name? So I just put Chick. I didn't know if it was like wanting my account name. I didn't know if this was for billing or something. So I just wrote <laughs> Chick, and then I forgot about it. And then later, you roll a character and you name your character something. And I like to put, in case I'm playing with other people, I like folks to, to know, hey, that's Tom Chick. So I always name my Tom character Chick Chick. something like with Chick in the name. So I'm a Valkyrie. She's got a sword. She's Sword Chick. Very unimaginative, but I'm not here to RP. I'm here to, if I'm going to play with other people, have them know who I am. So so uh, I named her Sword Chick, and apparently it does append your family name. So, yeah, she's Sword Chick Chick. All right. Yeah, somebody had McMaster. I don't even remember what I picked. It was probably something god-awful knowing me. Well, McMaster, if you want to write a countercultural <laughs> protest song, it'll have to be called I Ain't Gonna Work on Sword Chick Chick's Farm No More. <laughs> you know, that works for me. I actually like that better. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, McMaster, also, if you're going to play Desert uh, Black Desert Online, I'm afraid you're going to have to do it without me because here's what ended up killing the game for me. All right. So I'm doing all this stuff. I can't fast travel, but that's cool. I'm liking the uh, – I'm going to roll this word out. I know it's a cliche, but I mean it. I'm liking the immersiveness of having to run back and forth and sure. actually set up trade and drive my wagons and negotiate prices and get to know people. I'm, I'm digging that part. But I start to notice a couple of things that give me pause. One of the things is you have a stat, McMaster – Amongst all your stats, and I know what most of the stats are. I know hit points. I know skill points. Sure. Uh, I even figured out contribution points. You have a stat called energy. Now, this isn't stamina. You also have stamina because the more you run, you hold down the shift key and you're running. Oh, there goes your stamina. Wait for it to build up. It happens quickly enough. No big deal. But then there's something called energy. 
your energy, pretty much everything you do, if you want to talk to a character, if you want to uh, get a quest or something, it takes a certain amount of energy points. How do you get energy points back? You wait. You get mm. one energy point every three minutes. It's almost exactly like a free-to-play game where you're limited by how much you can do by some arbitrary pool of points. So, you know, like, for instance, if I want to trade something, if I buy a good at the main capital city, I can look at the prices in all the other cities if I spend energy. So I spend my energy, and I look at the prices, and I'm like, oh, this stuff needs to go there. But then eventually I run out of energy, and I'm kind of limping along, waiting for it to, to, to regenerate. And at this point, I think, well, I guess I have to log off, and then I'll come back later when it regenerates. That's such a, like, free-to-play boondoggle. And I don't know if there's any way to spend, like, real-world money for more energy. I wouldn't be surprised. If it's in there, it's not in your face. But there's just this weird, arbitrary limitation for how long you can play and how much you can do. And that bothers me. Furthermore, I notice I get a cart that's awesome. I love having my cart. I can load it up with wine or ore. I can move a lot more quickly than I could when I was carrying it on my back and just humping it down the road. Oh, yeah. My cart, McMaster, has a stat called durability. Oh, God. Now, you'd think that's fine. You just repair it every now and then. I don't think that's the case because my cart's durability is something like 30,000. And I look at the stat, 30,000 durability, and even though I'm just sitting there, not moving, just looking at my wagon, it's slowly counting down. <laughs> like, just just by virtue of existing, it is losing durability. And I'm pretty sure one of the resource sinks in this game is having to rebuy stuff that gets used up over time. And I, I, I just, I'm not going to, like, that's so dispiriting knowing that, hey, I've got an awesome cart. Oh, my God, in a week it's going to be gone. Like, I'm renting this cart. I didn't buy it. Uh, and then finally, here's a, a, the, the final thing. So this energy stat, this durability. And by the way, durability exists on mounts and boats as well. Uh, so hmm. you buy a boat, McMaster, it's eventually going to rot away. I don't I don't think there's anything you can do about it. You're going to have to buy a new one. Don't get too attached to your boat. And you can't repair them? I don't think so. I could be wrong about that. Um but no, not that I could see if there was any way to do it. I think it really does want to be a resource sink, is that every now and then you have to buy new stuff. Right. No. So then here's the other thing that, again, makes it feel like a free-to-play game. And, and maybe Black Desert Online at one point was a free-to-play game. Right now it's a buy-to-play, much like Guild Wars, where you buy the, the package and you play as much as you want, energy uh, allowing, of course. Uh, right. And maybe that's just what they did for the North American market. I'm not sure. But then finally, here's the thing that, that was bothering me. So I put my workers who aren't named Jason McMaster to mm. work harvesting potatoes, harvesting corn. Uh, I put them to work, and there's a, a, a timer that counts down. Basically, every hour, they stop working, and I have to reassign them. I reassign oh, them. They my stop God. working. So it's like freaking Farmville. Like I'm supposed to log in every hour and put my workers back to work. Uh, so it just is as intriguing as it is. Uh, as many tracks of, of potentially interesting advancement that there are, I just feel there are way too many trappings of what was probably a free-to-play model. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm okay with lots of different games. I feel that life is long enough. For lots of things. 
but I don't think it's quite long enough for a Korean MMO. <laughs> so, McMaster, you're off the hook. You don't have to play Black Desert Online <clears throat> because I played it for us. All right. Well, you know, and it's like the, the thing that kind of uh, – that sucks because, like, the thing about it is it really is an intriguing game. Uh, you know, because I screwed around with it, like, a little bit, but I didn't do, you know, any of the sync kind of stuff, you know, uh, when I went in the beta. And um, it, it seems cool, uh, and I guess I just didn't play enough to run out of energy. Uh, I think it's definitely – yeah, like, it's definitely the sort of thing where at first – and, and I'm sure this is very carefully calculated. At first, those those little obstacles and barriers and, and gratuitous resource sinks don't get in your face. They don't pop up. But I think the more right. you play, the more that sort of thing is going to come forward. Um, and I just don't have a lot of patience for it. So. No, I, and I don't blame you. Um, you know, it's something like you know, energy. Uh, I don't really like it. At all as an idea, you know, and it's usually used in um, like web games, you know, like Fallen exactly. London uses it, uh, which I mean, it's fine. That's how they make their money. But that game's free to play. You don't, you just have to go to the the website, right? So, like, you know, if they if they want to charge, you know, for you not just like being able to use their game constantly for free, fine. But uh, you know, I, I don't know. That that is kind of that's disappointing. And to be fair, I could be misreading it because one of the things that you can get as a quest reward is <laughs> an energy replenishment boost. So maybe the uh -huh. idea is it just wants you to like don't farm all the time, also do some quests. Like maybe that's its way of forcing you to mix up the action. Uh, but you know what, McMaster? If I want to log into Black Desert Online and do nothing but farm, why can't you know let me for Pete's sake? I mean, it's I bought the game. Why are yeah. you like forcing me to like stop farming and go kill imps? Uh, you know, I, so oh I, yeah. no, that is, yeah, actually that is what it is. Uh, it re it replaces energy for quests. Yeah, I mean exactly. I mean, it even yeah. says, wow. "Hey, you out of energy? We'll go do these quests, and they'll you know they'll give wow. you a little." Otherwise, it, it it literally says, "Hey, every every three minutes you get one energy back." Um, but that that to me it's so markedly different, McMaster, from. You're in my favorite MMO of all time, and that's Guild Wars 2. Oh, Guild Wars 2 is just so generous, and this is because you know everything you do, it goes into the same experience point pool. It's just right. so generous with letting you do whatever you want for however long as you want with whatever balance of focus. You know, do you want to do PvP? Like, if, do you want to just play the arena stuff? That's fine. You get the same experience points doing that that you're going to get doing PvE or doing the big world versus world stuff or just crafting or exploring for new locations or doing their weird little jumping puzzles. Anything you do, they just want to make sure you get – that everybody's getting rewards in the same area for anything they want to do, and I love that approach. Yeah, I, I just wonder in a way why, you know, because there has to be kind of a reason, and – it has to be economic, like game economic. Like I'm not talking about like purchases, but like that has to be the way that they like stop people from like screwing their game economy up. You know, oh right, just, like keeping. Uh, I see what you're saying, like keeping some sort of internal economy going. Yeah. Right, right. Like that was the honestly and oddly enough, that's actually one of the biggest things about MMO design that's like not really apparent to people is that like the economy in those games is kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, and they, you know, they have to just like deal with it all the freaking time. Uh, that's what yeah, yeah EverQuest. You, you need. Was, uh, resource sinks. Yeah. So, what was the resource sink in EverQuest? Was it 
Oh God, uh, just money, you know, because you died constantly in that game. So and you had uh, to pay when you died. Well, um, you paid an experience basically, uh, and also money had weight. But anyway, that's EverQuest for you. That's. Uh, but that, I mean, you're right, McMaster. Like if, like if money does, if there's no resource sink, money, and I'm sure there's an economic principle for this, maybe inflation. But if there's no resource right. sink, money is going to devalue because it's just going to accumulate. It's going to be worth less. So a game really has to think of a way to get you to just throw money down a hole. <laughs> and what's funny in Guild Wars Two. That's literally what you do because there's a mm-hmm. thing called a mystic well, and the mystic yeah. well lets you upgrade to rarer crafting materials by just throwing in a buttload mm-hmm. of the of the more common crafting materials, yep. and that way it creates this this uh, sort of it, – it, it, it artificially restricts the supply of stuff. Not artificially, like it very intentionally and according to specific rates uh, – Regulates the supply of things. Yeah. And see, uh, World of Warcraft has done it like a million different ways. Like, I remember one time uh, in Vanilla, mm-hmm. wow, uh, they had the opening of uh, Anna, not Anna Barak, uh, Ankaraj, and you had to, like, it was this giant dungeon, and all the servers had this race where they were building up supplies, basically, ah, by right. giving in, like, millions of bandages and millions of healing pots and stuff like that, and, you know, that would open up the way to it, you know, for the war effort. And, uh, you know, they've just done crazy stuff like that all the time. Wow. I remember Guild Wars did that with uh, rebuilding Lion's Arch. Like, there was this cool <laughs> event that trashed Lion's Arch, and the actual – the capital city was gone for a long time in Guild Wars. It was, it was kind of bold. And eventually they had a rebuilding effort, which is the same thing you're talking about. Is hey, throw resources into this empty hole. You know, this right. is a resource sink for us. But it was very thematic. You know, we're going to rebuild the, the capital city. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it, and it's cool. Uh, you know, it, it's just uh, yeah, the the economics of MMOs. You know, for me, it's just an MMO is so time consuming. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's it's designed for that. But I think there's something yeah. else at work here, McMaster, and I don't. Uh, I was going to say I hesitate to say this, but I don't hesitate to say it. I mean, everyone's aware. There's a very cultural difference, I think, in how Asian markets – what works for an Asian market versus mm-hmm. what works for uh, the North American or the European market. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So what the challenge is for damn games is trying to make Black <laughs> Desert Online palatable for guys like me who look at that cart and see it constantly losing durability and think – Wait a minute! I'm gonna have to rebuy this stupid thing. It's mine. I should get it. Uh, and yeah. I imagine, like a typical Asian player, would be used to that sort of thing. It's sort of culturally part of how they approach those games. And you know, it's it's a cultural divide, McMaster. Yeah, it's real. A lot of uh, yeah, a lot of the the more Asian games are real grindy, uh, and uh, they require a lot of time. Yeah. Um, now, McMaster, speaking of a lot of time, you've been sinking a lot of time into an RPG. So don't you get all high and mighty on me, Mister? <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, it's a very been... Western one, though. Oh yes. Uh, I don't know if you can get more Western uh, for as far as it goes. Well, no, I take that back. Uh, you can get more Western. There's, I don't. Could there's... you? Because this goes back to like, like if you think of Baldur's Gate as the the rebirth of RPGs for this market, it's very much a Baldur's Gate kind of thing you're playing, right? 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, a few weeks ago, um, the expansion for Pillars of Eternity, the second part of it came out, uh, White, White March Part 2. That's why you're doing I wondered how you randomly started playing Pillars of Eternity. So there was an add-on for it. Right, right. They had oh. a season pass, and the first part of it came out uh, a few months back, and I didn't play it at the time. And the second part came out, and uh, it had been a long time since I played Uh uh, the game at all, and uh, I don't think I'd ever finished it, so I, I wanted to go ahead and give it a shot and, and see, since all the, the expansion has been compared to Icewind Dale. Uh, so I was kind of curious. Now, in what regard? Because I think of Icewind Dale, like Baldur's Gate, is the more story-driven, you know, character-driven, yeah. uh, whereas Icewind Dale was kind of more just like grindy, crazy combat stuff. Uh, that's pretty much exactly it. Yeah, you're making me want to play this uh, White March's Pillar thing. What's it called? Um, the White March Pillars of Eternity. It's just the uh, yeah, the expansion. It's like, uh, did you play Pillars of Eternity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know Pillars of Eternity, and yeah, I, I, I want to um, talk about your streaming in a minute because I've watched you play some of it. Uh, but I, uh, and it's very much Baldur's Gate. I wasn't aware of this add-on though. So wait, it, yeah. it is called White March, or did I screw up the name? Yeah, it's White March. Okay. Yeah, and it's basically from the map. You know where your keep is at Cadenua. It's um, to the northeast of it goes to uh, another map. Uh, and it is a, of course, a, an ice and snow area. And the first town is so like reminiscent of like uh, Icewind Dale. It's ridiculous. Um, and the things they they added some cool stuff that I haven't really messed with yet because I've just started like screwing around with it. But like from what I was reading, they've added weapons that have they're like artifacts that have prerequisites that unlock more powers when you complete the prerequisites, you know, uh, stuff like that. So they're like leveling artifacts. Right. Right. Um, and it ups the character level. So you can be like level 16. Now I think 12 was the cap and pillars, uh, standard. What's your uh, highest level character? Uh, I'm level eight right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it's like that's like uh, like I, I, uh, I actually got a tweet from Obsidian the other day because I posted that I uh, I was like I've got 23 hours of Pillars of Eternity up uh, and uh, I got a lot more to go and they just like sent me an animated gif of somebody like uh, clinking a martini glass. Cheers. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah um, so McMaster, you've been streaming this. Uh, and I've clicked on Twitch. I've clicked on your stream a couple of times, and one of two things has happened. Either you're just sitting there talking to someone, doing dialogue trees, and reading them. And as much as I enjoy <laughs> listening to you read, uh, I can only uh, enjoy that for so long before I end up uh, wanting to watch something else. Um, yes, I understand. <laughs> or you're in the middle of combat. Now, I... I you know, I know I love what, uh, and I always confuse this. Bioware and wait, Black Isle. What, what do you call the entity that actually made Baldur's Gate? Is that Bioware? Uh, is that Black uh, Isle? I want to. It is. It's both, uh, but it's like Black Isle is really wh- who who made it. Bioware. Uh, Bioware is involved too, though. But I'm pretty sure Black Isle was the studio. Well, whoever you know, Baldur's Gate. I love how they adapted. The tactical complexity of of D and D of that that sort of system, right? And the way they did it was with this, you know, pause, restart, pause, restart. It is that continuous real time that you could pause at any point, um, right? And that was a great solution at that time. But when I find myself, and this is what was a huge obstacle for me in terms of getting into Pillars of Eternity. Uh, 
I just find it so halting and you know you get into a certain groove and watching you play I can appreciate you're in that groove but watching it and and even for me playing it it's just like just as a guy's about to cast an awesome spell oh pause I've got to give someone a, you know I've got to fire this yeah. arrow here or I've got to like there's just so many overlapping things happening continuously and interrupting the pacing. So they actually kind of came up with a fix for that and I didn't realize it until a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Um what they've done with the expansions is they've added kind of an AI programming basic very basic AI programming so that you could tell your guys what to do. Uh, beforehand on average. Now, they won't cast like big spells and stuff like that, so you can still, you know, stop it and make sure you aim like a fireball or something like that. But you can tell them basic stuff to do, and it, it works pretty well. I have found it's, it's kind of a lot better for me because that means I don't have to constantly just fiddle right. with it, you know, and it kind of makes it run a lot smoother. So I remember, is it, uh, Dragon Age, the the EA RPG that played in real time. Yeah, was it the Dragon Age? But they they had a pretty uh, robust AI orders system, and actually that yes. goes back to other RPGs as well. But yeah, that's Final good Fantasy to hear Twelve uh, did that too. Exactly right, really right, right. Great, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, they added that because people. Um, really were kind of irritated about that, uh, or they just didn't like it that much. It kind of it doesn't feel natural. Well, it's, um, yeah, yeah, it takes a very specific like you, uh, like if you're like me, like I like the discrete rules of something like Divinity Original Sin. I gravitate more towards that kind of even though it's abstract, that sort of right. turn-based simplicity versus this continuous interruption pausable real time. Yeah, I was going to say I'd almost rather it be turn-based like Divinity, you know, once you get into combat. Um, but, you know, and yeah, can't, take what you get. And Wasteland is turn-based once you get in combat. And I was considering hitting that up again too because they you know released it like a great or like a big patch and everything for it and can't you uh i believe so you can set to in pillars of eternity when the pauses happen and you can if you want just Mm -hmm. make the pauses happen every turn like you can specify every turn pause like you can make it kind of turn-based if you want but i think that's going to enter it's going to affect you're not gonna be able to optimize as well if i'm not mistaken right Right, yeah. Um, so for me, I just kind of like – I kind of only focus on a couple of characters, uh, the ones that can't just run themselves for the most part. Now, I mean if it gets like really bad, like if I'm just going to get murdered, I will take control of every damn character. But if it's like – you know, on standard normal, you can kind of go through the game with having most of your characters go AI and just – you know, uh, yeah, I want to cast my own fireballs or whatever so that I don't like – kill myself because oh, there's uh, friendly fire right right so you know that kind of thing otherwise yeah the, the ai is like a really good um a really good option um so are you actually in the white march stuff or are you are you like me because are you finishing up the core game to get to the white march stuff okay so it's strange you know because like uh, pillars of eternity has kind of a point of no return uh, where you, you know, like almost all of these games do, where it's like, hey, finish up your shit. You got to go kill everybody. You know, <laughs> so like, uh, it's, it's not past that. Basically, the only thing you're required to be able to enter the White March is you have to take the keep, you know, Cade Nua. Uh, once you have your keep, 
then you can go north because you get a message from the city asking for your help because it's like kind of part of your lands since you're, you know, whatever, the Lord of the Keep there. Um, and, th- and that's the only thing. However, this stuff in it is you have to be, I would say, at least seven or eight before. So I just went up there to check it out. Um, and it's um, it is tough. You know, it's really tough. It's um, maybe you're not ready to go there, McMaster. Yeah, I'm thinking kind of like, oh, well, here's the funny part, right? The expansion also adds like a couple of high level side quests, and I mistook one of those as the entrance to the White March. And I went up there, and like, there's these two dudes standing there, and I've got a party of six. I'm not, you know, I, I was like, I want to try to get as many you know characters as I can and try all the interactions out. So I made like a full party. We're all like level eight. And everybody's like, yeah, you just need to be level seven to go up there. I mean, some of the bigger battles can get tough, though. And I go up there, there's like two guys standing there, and they're like, you can't go. And I'm like, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> and like, they just, one dude flew into the sky. I'm not kidding. And he like came down like a few seconds later on my party and just like annihilated my wizard guy. It just started just like punching everybody to death. It was really bad. I was like, Jesus. Where were your going... Where were your fighters? You should have had meat shields at that point, McMaster. Where were your tanks? I I think that's a failing oh. on your part. Well, that was the when the dude flew into the sky, or uh, he I guess he would be flying high if you're using Warhammer rules because he wasn't on the board anymore. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't really, I couldn't really discern where he was going to land. <laughs> but yeah, they kicked the living bejesus out of me. Um, uh, now, if I'm not mistaken, remind me when you die in Pillars of Eternity, you have to reload, right? Like, there's no like death mechanic beyond the. Oh, oh yeah, the, yeah. Right, yeah. The, if your if your last party member dies, yeah, you right, right, you right. lose. Um, but um, you know that game is like. It's really fascinating the way they kind of built it. Like I, I always forget about this when I'm not playing it, but like the the way they do hit points instead of uh, instead of just standard hit points is the is the um what is, what do they call it? It's uh not fatigue, but it, you know something like that where your hit points for battle is like just a portion of your overall hit points. So you take. No, no. Like, say you have like a thousand hit points, and each battle you have two hundred. And if you go over that two hundred, you get knocked out, but you're not dead. Right. You know, since the battle's over, you get back up or whatever and refill your pool. And then the only way to really f- refill the whole hit point pool is to rest. Um, I did see you at one point try to camp, and uh, and you were rebuked and told, "Sorry, you can't camp here. Suck it." Yeah, that that always hurts my feelings the most. <laughs> I feel like I, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm, you know, I need a permit or something. Uh, but the, yeah, they, the game really does, uh, it really surprised me, um, how much I guess I'd missed a game like that. You know, uh, tactical party based combat stuff, you mean? Right. And it's like, it's like, I like Wasteland 2 a lot, and I've played it a, a, a fair amount, like more than Pillars of Eternity probably, but like, it's just not the same thing in a way. Yeah, that that D and D world and like the the just the whole whole feel the the high high fantasy magic stuff is just uh it just and of course I mean it is literally like the people that made Baldur's Gate right. for the most part. So I mean it really is just a return to to being a teenager sitting around in my room playing RPGs. 
I do hear every now and then someone compare, and I've certainly done this myself, like, should I play Pillars of Eternity or Divinity Original Sin? And as much as they're both high fantasy, tactical RPGs, it's something very different when you're playing Original Sin, and it's just the two characters, very turn-based, very calculated, versus the kind of controlled chaos of a party of very distinct kinds of characters, the continuous real-time, uh, they're, they're just very different kinds of experiences. It's not like one is better than the other because they're just so different in terms of the moment-to-moment experience of playing them. Yeah. Right, you know, and absolutely, it's like just like with Wasteland too. You know, that game is so much like the original Fallout. Uh, you know, and wait, obviously Wasteland. Uh, that it's it's just such a it's such a return. It's crazy. I, uh, it, uh, it it's certainly something that did not disappoint. Now you're, you're streaming your uh, Pillars of Eternity game. How, oh yes. How can folks find that? Or are you on a regular schedule? Is it just whenever you feel like it? Do you tweet before you do it? Um, I tweet before I do it. So you can follow McMaster, um, or yeah, uh, I'm at Twitch.tv/JVMcMaster. Uh, Sarah also, uh, and my schedule is usually when I get home from work, I will play for, I try to play for at least two hours. So anywhere between seven and nine central, I'll get on and play for a couple of hours. Uh, I try to go longer, but it just depends on, uh, you know, what, what the heck's going on. Um, but, uh, on the weekends, I, t- I try to play like a good bit more. I try to play four plus hours each day, um, and I'm going to keep doing that with whatever I do. Uh, but Sarah plays during the day a good bit, and she's been streaming The Long Dark. Uh, her current game, she's almost a day forty, but she uh, her longest ever was what was it, 153? What? Yeah, 153. So uh, you guys might want to check that out during the day. Oh, I've been putting it up on YouTube. Uh, as well, uh, my YouTube channel. Uh, no, wait, Longest just... Dark isn't out yet. How can she be playing it? Oh, yeah, you know, you know, me and my my, my betas and alphas. But uh, yeah, she's a she's she's like a, a beast at it. And I think once she's done with that, she might end up playing some Binding of Isaac or something like that. Is she, is she there? Is Sarah McMaster there? She is. She is here. Can you put her on McMaster? Uh, hold on, hold on. Hello, Tom Chick. I have a question for you. Yes. Why should I play, or should I play, Longest Dark rather than just restarting a game of Don't Starve? Oh, now that's that's a really good question because I love both of those games very much for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think um, if you're looking for like a more authentic uh, survival experience, you're going to want to go for the Long Dark because it is, whew, it is rough. It's rough on you. And it's not going to have cute little cartoon graphics of a guy with a big head. Yeah. You're, with cute little beetles. Yeah, there's not going to be cute little bunny rabbits hopping right. around anywhere. Uh, it's just everything wants to kill and eat you uh, and, 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 and or freeze you to death. And this is, uh, this, this is early access. Why would you play a game that's not finished yet? Oh my god! Because they update it with great regularity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've they've it's when I started playing, there was only one map that you could access, but now they've got like five. Uh, they're they're adding them at a pretty good clip, uh, which is keeping me interested. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's it's just I, I don't know. They did a really good job of um, 
like uh, the the maps don't randomize or anything. It's always the same places, but uh, the stuff randomizes, the animals randomize, like the weather. There's all these different factors in these maps that uh, just really keep it fresh. You know, I kind of feel like uh, like not like, like procedural generation, like randomized terrain, uh, mm-hmm. is overrated. It, yeah, it can be. Because I, I feel think, like if yeah. they're if they're just making specific maps, they can they can give them particular touches. It's not just things thrown together. Like I, the fact that it's not procedurally generated actually makes me more curious to see it. Oh man, and it's really beautiful. The art style is just incredible, uh, and I think I say that every time I stream it because I'm just so I'm fangirling over it. What kills you most often? How do you usually die in Long Dark? Oh, um, usually I, a wolf will sneak up on me and start chewing on me, mm-hmm. and uh, that will that will end my life. Uh, sometimes I get a little too big for my britches, and I try to kill a bear. Whoa! Uh, with, no, don't with even think about rifle. No, sorry, uh, yeah. master, don't even just run for. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the Revenant, but not a good idea. Leave the bears alone. I, yeah. Yeah, I heard uh, Leo was looking pretty rough after uh, running into one. <laughs> you might. I, I will say this, uh, Sarah McMaster. If you fight the bear, like if you prevail, you might get an Academy Award. <laughs> career goals. Yeah. Hashtag career goal. Uh, so then, real quick, what uh, McMaster tells me right now, you've got a game going where you're at, at day forty. Yeah, I, I, I believe I stopped at like 39 or 40 on, on my last one, and I just had progressed from uh, kind of clearing out everything you can explore in the first map, and I just moved on to the second one. Now, uh, if folks want to watch you, you're streaming this, right? I am, yeah. How can folks find you playing Long Dark if they want to if they want to watch this? Well, they can find me uh, on Twitch, uh, follow JV McMaster, mm-hmm. uh, and we we kind of share his uh, Twitch account. Mm-hmm. So I uh, usually he'll tweet or uh, just kind of publicize real quickly if I'm if I'm gonna do it. Uh, but I will be doing it like early afternoonish, uh, maybe late morning on do, weekdays. Do you have your own Twitter account where you announce this, or is McMaster your PR person? He's my PR person. Okay. I don't fool with Twitter anymore. <laughs> I can't say I blame you. Uh, and finally, before I let you go, I have to know, McMaster yes. also claims that you once made it to day 153. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. What? I wish I had the evidence of that. No, no, I believe you. I mean, no one – I, th- I <laughs> completely trust wiped. <laughs> but here's what I want to know. What finally killed you after 153 days? Um, uh, hubris was <laughs> what killed me. I, I, uh, I did the thing where I was too big for my britches and I tried to kill a bear because there's a really awesome item you can craft with bear skin and it's really useful. And I was like, I need that thing. And yeah. the bear was like, no, you don't. <laughs> that sounds to me like hubris, uh, and greed. Just yes. let, let the bear have his skin. Maybe you shouldn't have the nice thing that the bear skin gives you. Exactly. Maybe I don't need the 30 pounds of bear meat that he, I could get from him. <laughs> Alternatively, Sarah McMaster, if you play, uh, let's see, Rise of the Tomb Raider, uh, Witcher 3. What else did I see a bear recently? I've had no – I don't know about you. I've had no problem killing bears in certain games. So <laughs> maybe try something where the bears aren't quite so difficult. I, I think I might do that. Maybe the like if there's a Jungle Book uh, game right. that comes out, like a friendly movie. bear who you can easily get the drop on him. How what's yeah. he gonna do? Right, just sneak up behind him. Well, he'll sing me a song. song. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Sarah McMaster. Let me speak to uh, your husband. Thanks for uh, keeping me up to date on the work. You got it, my friend. Thank you, Tom Chick. Here is Jason McMaster. Well, all right, then. Uh, I called it Longest Dark because I think I was confusing it with The Longest Yard, which is a football movie. 
believe. Oh, is that what that is? Isn't it? Isn't there? I, I wouldn't know. I would, I would assume you would know. Because, by the way, JV and JV McMaster, that stands for Junior Varsity, right? Right, yeah. That's Junior Varsity McMaster. <laughs> How did you know? Uh, McMaster, I now have two words for you. You ready for this? Yes. Super hot. Super uh, hot. Yes. Super hot. And I'm gonna, I would just go on like that, on and on and on, ad infinitum. Uh, do you find that annoying or intriguing or mesmerizing? How would you characterize the words that happen every time you finish a level in Super Hot? It is uh, it's confusing, uh, but I, I do enjoy it. I, I kind of feel like I'm being brainwashed and I'm not quite aware of it. Like I feel like it's going to make me do some kind of Manchurian Candidate thing at some point. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I can, I can see that. Yeah. All right. So, why are you playing this game, and what is it? So, <laughs> Super Hot is uh, the easiest way to describe it is that it is a first-person puzzler. <laughs> I think it's like maybe uh, like it, it just like you. Time only moves when you do, and it you can dodge bullets and do all sorts of crazy stuff, but uh, you know it, it gets more difficult as the game goes on. It occurs uh, to me if we talk about Pillars of Eternity as plausible real time, this is real <laughs> real timeable pausing. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, have you have you done the, their little storyline thing? Uh, I haven't. F- finished it but i'm really i think i'm really close to the end uh i actually uh i actually streamed my game of it too uh but i'm close to the end i say that because uh, at least i think i am uh there's a part with like a pyramid or something that i have to jump into well spoiler but yes you're very close to the end that's what um, I thought. It's just like the one of the very last fights, like because you do that over and over again, yeah. uh, is uh, is pretty hard. And if you found out that if you get to the last stage and back out, it starts you over at the first stage. Like, do you know that yet? I did not know that. Oh, well, sorry. I'll, I'll let you. Uh, <laughs> I have some bad news for you, McMaster. You have to go back and play the first two stages of that because that's that's the boss battle, basically. Oh, God. Have fun. Uh, you will find, however, those fir- those early stages are, are relatively easy. It's that third stage that's the real bear, or third or fourth, whatever it is. But, yeah, that's the boss battle. That's the tough part. You have to... Yeah, the first stages it. weren't so bad. But, yeah, the one that I was on, that I'm on, is... Um, uh, there's, like, you start out and there's two dudes in front of you. I know. And the- yeah, that, okay. Yeah, and they've got their one. guns up and everything, and you've got to decide, okay, which one do I kill? And, oh, there's a guy right behind me. And Oh, yeah. yeah. So you oh, have to yeah. – you, you try to do the same thing multiple times, and finally you get lucky and literally dodge a bullet, and then there's still a bunch more guys to go through. So, yeah, it is pretty tough. I will say, McMaster, um, I really liked their little storyline. And furthermore, when you finish the story, there's some nice little treats in store for you. Mm. Like there's new modes to play, and there's a challenge mode, and they have uh, – there's, there's like an endless mode, and there are challenges, which are things like 
you know, only use the katana. Um, and if you get awesome. five kills in this level, you unlock the next level. There's, there's like a lot more progression-oriented stuff that they that they offer. I was hoping so because like the story is is awesome, but it's just like really fast. Uh, you know, because I, if I, if I'm right at the end, then it was what like two hours I think yeah. that I played. So like it's that's quick. So I was hoping that there would be more to it because like God, the puzzles are like super fun. Well, when they gave us a press build, I don't know if you played through that. Like, th- we had an early build of it, which I thought was like reviewable. I can't imagine it was, um, but it didn't have any of the bod- the hot swapping. Uh, when you fit, so that meant some of the missions weren't in there. Uh, and when you finished the story in this early build, it didn't have any of the unlockable progression stuff. It just let you play on an endless mode, you know, for as long as you felt like it. Um, and now, yeah. like the endless mode, like if you get a certain number of kills, it unlocks a new map. Like there's just all this cool post-game progression and challenges that are available once you get past that pyramid. Well, I remember when they were doing the the, the press versions of it, and I, I got the email, and I was like, that looks cool, but I don't know if I'm going to have time for it. And then, you know, I, I started, like, watching some stuff about it, and I was like, God, that looks awesome. Yeah. And, and it looks I awesome, too. It, I, I, get, I love the visuals. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a really sexy-looking game, isn't it? Yes, actually, it is pretty cool. I love the uh, I love the um, BBS uh, kind of uh, setup where you know the old DOS prompt. You know, it looks like you're gonna have to like change your modem settings before you play the game. It um, makes me wonder if uh, kids these days, and I say kids, like people in their twenties, like would play Super yeah. Hot and think, "Wait, what is this? I have no idea what oh. this is. Why are these retro pixel graphic?" text screens coming up <laughs> oh god yeah i played so much freaking trade wars and all that crap mcmaster <laughs> you and i were ascii hip oh yes <laughs> if that's what it is it's yeah very, very I guess generational so. yeah <laughs> uh all right mcmaster i think your uh pillars of eternity and the fact that you're playing uh, super hot that might explain to me why all every single one of your characters without fail in Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2 is level zero. That's that's probably what it is. McMaster, how are you going to help me farm coins if you're level zero? Oh, that is a good question. Man, you really like that game, don't you? Uh, a lot of it has to do with um, uh, I, I love playing split screen with my friend Christian Morosky's son. Who, oh, that's awesome. I've been doing whatever – like for, for whatever reason, he hasn't figured out yet that Halo sucks. Um, and I keep telling him, and he doesn't listen to me. And I don't know if, it's just, <laughs> if he's at that age. I don't know if it's a rebellious kid thing. Who knows why he hasn't figured that out yet. Um, but uh, – so I've tried to lure him away, and I've been partly successful with Star Wars Battlefront. That helped. Or a Battlefront Star Wars, whatever, whichever order you say. Yeah, yeah, it was something. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, that has great split screen. Um, but Plants vs Zombies, because it lets him advance his character. Before, if you play, so my game of the week is not Plants vs Zombies Garden Warfare, the first game, which although it was cool, did this thing where if you play split screen, there's a resource in the game, and it's not an EA thing where you buy it with real world money and get it. You have to earn in game coins. And then you spend mm-hmm. these coins on seed packets. And these seed packets, 
you can then plant in a pot when you're doing like a defense mission. Uh, so if I'm doing a, a defense, they're like horde mode things, and I can plant pea shooters in a, in a pot, and I've bought them with my coins, and once I plant them, they're used up. Previously, in the original Plants vs. Zombies, the split screen, your split screen player didn't – he couldn't progress anything. He couldn't unlock anything. He couldn't earn any coins. However, if he walked up to a pot, he had full access to your uh, to all of your seed packets. So it kind of mm. sucks playing split screen and saying, dude, don't – that's my last pea shooter. Oh, you just planted it. Uh, like you have this very limited – inventory, and the other guy can freely reach into it and do whatever he wants with it. Uh, so now he's got – and by the way, I feel like this is teaching him uh, financial – fiscal responsibility. Uh, now oh, he sure. has to earn his own coins and buy his own seed packets. He's leveling up his own characters. He's collecting his own customizable bits. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, I love this, and a lot of it is because all that stuff is available, whether you're playing online or with bots or split screen. Uh, I just love how generous that is. And it's a really good game. McMaster, why do you hate good shooters? Uh, I'm just kind of an asshole, I think, is what it was. Uh, I went to a doctor about that, and there's nothing they, could, they can do for me. They yeah. can't prescribe anything? No, it's horrible. It's horrible, yeah. Well, I think we're going to have to do aversion therapy and just force you to come over, play split screen. Uh, don't spend any of my coins, McMaster. Oh, well. Oh, sure. Actually, we'll make you your own account. You're going to start with zero coins. <laughs> but Master, I just... Probably for the best. Yeah, and, and uh, I just need you to be the healing class, which is a sunflower. So just be a sunflower. Hold down, I think it's L1, the healing beam on whatever I'm playing, and just follow me around. Okay, I can do that, yeah. You know, you don't have to worry about shooting fun. anything, so you're just, going to get, you're just going to get killed or whatever. Just keep me healed up. Can you do that? Oh, God, yes. That's my dream. Because if you're not going to help me plant corn in Black Desert Online, <laughs> I, I'm going to need you to do something else. And that's Plants vs. Zombies, I guess. So. All right, fine. Yeah, I guess I do owe you. Yeah. Uh, all right, McMaster, before we go, uh, uh, the listeners, this is a, a much-demanded feature on this podcast. <laughs> Let's do some existential <laughs> knock-knock jokes. All right. Now, if you're a new listener, this might be unfamiliar to you. Uh, I tried existential knock-knock jokes on a six-year-old recently. Uh, I don't think he got it. Like, I don't think it went over very well. Because <laughs> the thing is, he was doing knock-knock jokes, and they go, they're like, knock-knock, who's there? Poo. Poo-hoo, ha-ha-ha, you're poo. Like, that, that's, that's the kind of knock-knock joke you get from a six-year-old. Uh, that's so, a pretty good one. Yeah, he was doing that, and I was like, okay, you think that's great. Here's an existential knock-knock joke. And I told it to him, and he didn't understand it. And then I tried to explain it to him, and he didn't understand it. So, yeah. So here's I, – I wasted some perfectly good material on a six-year-old, uh, McMaster. That was tragic. Yeah. So uh, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first with an existential knock-knock joke? Jeez. Uh, uh, you know, why don't you go first? Okay. Uh, it, it's, your, it's your thing. You okay. Know? Here we go. No, no, McMaster. It's our thing. Okay. That's okay. True. I couldn't do it without you. I'd, I'd sound pretty silly. I'd sound downright schizophrenic if I tried to do it without you. True. True. Right. Here we go, McMaster. All right. Knock knock. Who's there? Hey, it's me. What are you doing? Do, do you do you mind if I come in for a minute? Yeah, yeah, man. I'm not really doing anything. Go ahead. All right. Uh, how long has this Diet Seven Up been in here? Is this flat or is this still good? Oh, it's probably flat at this point, man. All right. I'm gonna have some of your. Uh, 
this is Doctor. I'm going to have some of this. Can I open these Funyuns? Of course. So what I wanted to ask you is, uh, how do you feel about that nonsense about Glenn being under the dumpster and Walking Dead in the, earlier in the season? Yeah, that. <laughs> that's a good. Uh, that's a good question. Um, it, it it was like yeah, I knew. Yeah, how could he? he of uh, course he's. You know, of course he's not dead. Well, wait you a minute. Know? Are you then going to tell me Jon Snow isn't dead in Game of Thrones? Oh, I know that. Well, okay, I don't know it, but being a uh, a fan of the books and everything, um, uh, that's been a long in contention. You know, uh, he's a uh, yeah. There's so many things that could have happened. Of course, the books are different, though. Spoiler. Like, there's some really different stuff that happened. Spoiler. Uh, yeah, like you, you don't know how to read. And scene. That was our existential long joke. Very well done, McMaster. Oh, uh, I call that the the uh, uh, episodic television existential knock knock joke. There, there you go. Yeah, that's one that I wrote. Uh, you're welcome to uh, under the Commons Fair Use Law. Listeners can can retell that joke to other people. If they want. Yes, I mean it has to be verbatim. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, don't 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 stray from the script. I mean, that, oh, oh, that was very meticulous. Right. Right, right, right. It's planned. Yeah. All right, McMaster, do you have an existential knock knock joke for me? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, whenever you're ready. <clears throat> All right, knock knock. Who's there? Hey, uh, hey, what's up, man? Oh, hi. I haven't seen you in a while. Come on in. All right. Hey, yeah. Uh, you guys are going to be playing some board games later, right? We are. Now, I don't know. It, this one might be a little too complicated for you, and there's a lot of math involved. Are you comfortable with that? Well, I don't know. I'll try. Tell what you what. Call- well, it's called algebra. It's <laughs> a great game. Um, wow, I haven't. Uh, uh, I haven't heard of that, but it sounds so complicated and fun. Well, it's really – it's a Euro game is what we call it. Um, here's a here's a player aid. Now, I know this looks just like a calculator, but trust me, this is a player aid. Um, now, here's this book. I know this looks like my friend Christian Morosky's son's homework. It's not. This is the board game. So I'm going to need you to go through these little things here. This isn't homework. This is the board game. Use the player aid to fill these in, and then we're going to score how many victory points you got. And while you're doing that, uh, we're going to be in here playing split-screen uh, Plants vs. Zombies for a little while, okay? Oh, yeah, sounds good. Awesome. All right, very good, McMaster. I really liked uh, I liked the, the dialogue you did for that one. That was a very well-written knock-knock joke. Oh, um, thank you, thank you. Do we have a title for that one? Um, that one is the... Drop in for board games. Drop in for board games, knock knock joke. And can people use that one, or do you? Would you prosecute oh, yeah, legally course. if people used it? Oh no, I'd be proud of that. Okay. Um, yeah. Good. All right, listeners, if you have uh, knock knock jokes, feel free to send them to us. <laughs> we would love to read them on the air. Um, uh, McMaster. All right, so you've got some Portal of Evil, or no? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I just wrote you, – you made me do this. I just wrote POE in my notes. It could be one of three things. It can be Pillars of Eternity, Path of Exile, or Portals of Evil. You made me think Portals of Evil. You're not streaming Portals of Evil. Don't uh, – No, no. I I don't even think the site's around anymore. That's that's where I, I met my wife though, so there is that. Are you serious? Oh, that's yeah. awesome. By the way, yeah. I don't know if you know this. Your wife got to day 143 in Long Dark. Uh, I've heard. It's quite the achievement. Uh, It is quite the achievement. 
how does it feel to uh, to be overshadowed by your wife's accomplishments? It, it, I don't want you, you get to, used to it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I just I don't want it to impact your self esteem or anything. Lots of people, no, no. their wives are more successful than they are. Don't let that bother you. Oh yeah, no, no. I, like I said, I'm used to it by okay, now. Good, good. <laughs> All right, so uh, stream more Pillars of Eternity. Folks can find you on Twitch. You will tweet at at McMaster uh, when you'll be doing that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. As for me, I won't be streaming because I don't know how to, but one of these days McMaster is going to teach it me. Um, yes. And in the meantime, you can follow me at, at QT3, where I won't be uh, announcing any streaming because I still don't know how to do it for now. All right. Uh, Soon. And again, uh, we're real sorry about uh, Kara. I know hearts are heavy, but all mm. I can say about that is uh, persevere. Bear through it. Yes. Thanks for listening this week, folks, and we will see everyone next week, and I'll play you out with a little bit of this. Raven Dirty. Master, who's your favorite member of Kara? Um, Rick. Oh my God! There's not even a per- that's just rude to say to make up a name. <laughs> I, I can understand your confusion. I kind of feel that uh, after Kang Ji Young left, this was like in tw- two years ago, they never quite recovered. Oh yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah.